Welcome back to the Eat Realty Heal podcast, where on our show today, we have an incredible ultra endurance athlete, an entrepreneur, a phenomenal woman who literally is taking the podium first place in her ultra endurance mountain bike racing all over the world she does this and it wasn't until she switched to a plant-based whole foods diet that she was able to take first place on the podium so she's going to be sharing her story of using food as medicine of using food as fuel to support her and fuel her through these incredible races that she does on a global level now Sonia Looney also has a podcast of her own I was fortunate enough to be on her show so definitely check out the show that we did with Sonia and I really hope you look forward to this show as well. It's a pleasure and an honor to have her as our guest. Now, in addition to Sonia being an ultra endurance mountain biker, she's also has built a really strong personal brand through social media. She's a prolific podcaster, like I mentioned with her show, The Sonia Looney Show. She's a professional writer, blogger, speaker, and photographer. Her images are gorgeous. And so not only that, but she's also a keynote speaker for events all around the world where she inspires athletes to look at introducing, even if it's just a day at a time, a meal at a time, a week at a time, or make it a lifestyle in totality, she inspires people to turn to plant-based whole foods as a lifestyle. So that's, of course, why we have her on the Eat Real to Hill show. For those of you that have are not familiar with our show, we bring on doctors and influencers and inspirers and motivators and also healing heroes that have turned to food as medicine, that have turned to food, plant-based whole foods as a lifestyle for living a long and vibrant optimal healthy life and so we like to share their stories to inspire others so that you can do the same now ultimately where the show stemmed from is through the fact that i have been working with clients for over a decade teaching them how to reverse their chronic degenerative diseases so before we get into the show let me share with you just a few ways that you could get started today with using food as medicine Number one, you can join our retreat at Hollyhock on Cortez Island in beautiful British Columbia. I love this wellness center. We have people coming from all over the world to do our retreat where we're going to spend five beautiful days together and I teach them the art and science of using food to reverse their cancer and chronic degenerative disease. Disease as I should say, because most people who have one chronic illness, they often have two to four other chronic illnesses as well. So you may be relating to this as you listen to this podcast right now. Another way that you can get started today learning all about how to eat real to heal or to learn about the Gerson therapy, which is what I teach, is that you can go on to our website at richerhealth.ca and you can simply sign up for our five-week Eat Real to Heal program that'll guide you through using food as your pharmacy, turning your kitchen into your local pharmacy. It's the art and science of reversing disease through optimal nutrition and detoxification. Now, let's say you're too busy and you simply cannot make the food on your own. Well, if you are fortunate to live in the West Coast of Canada, you can check out any one of our collection of plant-based, whole food, gluten-free, vegan restaurants. We have six locations with a seventh opening up this summer. So check it, check out our locations at greenmustache.com and come in, taste one of our delicious smoothies. 
Um, they're always 100% organic. All of our ingredients on our menu are 100% organic. So you can get smoothies and juices. Our juices are based on a 100-year-old recipe from Dr. Max Gerson himself. You can try one of our incredibly mouth-watering desserts that are all made from whole foods. We don't use any refined sugars and we don't use any refined salt at all. Or and we really try and limit the oil, so we don't use it in cooking any of our meals, but we use it in our desserts, unfortunately. But we are trying to get away from even using coconut oil because we know of the effects that that has on our health as well. It's much better getting the fat directly from the food itself as opposed to getting it from a refined source. So. Let us know what you think about the green mustache. If you do the online course, we'll be supporting you for life when you sign up for that course. And then also if you can snag up one of the last two, one or two remaining seats at Hollyhock, we'd love to see you there next week, May 8th to 12th on Cortez Island. So let's dive into this podcast. It's such a pleasure to have Sonia Looney on the show. Check out her podcast directly after you listen to ours and let us know what you think. Thanks and chat with you soon. Welcome everyone and thank you Sonia for being here on our Eat Real to Heal podcast. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So where are you in the world right now? Because I know you just moved to, is it Squamish or Kelowna? Uh, I live in Kelowna right now. My dream is to move to Squamish and I'm spending about one week a month in Squamish. Um, But I actually just got back from an eight day mountain bike race in South Africa. In South Africa. That's amazing. How was that? It was hard uh, coming from winter in Kelowna where you can only ride your bike inside to 35 hours of racing in one week outside in all the elements. Um, It was a shock to the system, but it was awesome and we had such a great time. It was a team race, so I I raced with one other female. One other female for eight days? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, in 35 hours of racing over those eight days. Yeah, it's like Tour de France, like most people know what Tour de France is. It's like that except on trails on a mountain bike. That is incredible. And so this is the endurance mountain biking. And how long have you been doing endurance mountain biking for? Um, I've been a pro mountain biker, gosh, how long? I think it's been over a decade, but I've been racing bikes for 15 years, but I switched to endurance mountain biking from shorter course about 10 years ago. Okay. And, um, and what were you doing prior to that mountain biking? Were you doing Um, any other sports? Yeah. Like I grew up playing team sports like soccer and tennis, but really I self-identified as an academic and a musician growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, an athlete, I didn't really consider myself, I was like on varsity for athletics, but I didn't consider myself an athlete as my core identity until I started running my senior year of high school. And picking an endurance sport and doing that really changed my life because I was like a really insecure kind of quiet um, kid and people picked on me all the time and people can really figure out whenever somebody has that vulnerability and they're they're weak and whenever I started doing endurance sports running which led to cycling I really figured out who I was and I really began to feel more confident in my in myself as a person because you just always have to face yourself because you go out and you do these events or just in training and you're out there by yourself and you just push yourself to these physical limits where like there's nowhere to hide. So it's just been such a transformational thing over the last 15 years. And I just couldn't imagine my life without it. Wow. That's incredible. Um, 
I love what you mentioned just about being in a high school and we have these, all these feelings and emotions and we have, we think we are who we are always going to be, right? Like this is me. And we forget that we grow and change and evolve and we discover all of these different, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, moving to a different place and you realize that that community is a better fit for you, um, getting different friends or definitely sports. I mean, sports makes a huge difference in so many people's lives. So with the endurance biking and being an endurance athlete, you're also a plant-based whole foods athlete as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I want to go back to um, why just before you made that decision to be to switch to plant based, um, and you know, and what led you to that to decide to give up animal products and to switch to whole foods. That's really interesting. So, like as an athlete, you think that you're that uh, you're healthy and yeah, like I look fit. I do all these all these activities. Therefore. I'm going to be the, the, if you took a sample size of the population, I bet athletes would consider themselves some of the healthiest, but that's not always the case. Um, especially like doing ultra endurance events, not really that good for you, like to be on your bike or running or whatever for eight plus hours. So I ate a pretty healthy diet. I ate, um, a lot of fruits and vegetables and whole grains, but I had meat and dairy in my diet. And I didn't have like large portions of it, just mostly because I was broke and it's expensive to eat buy like meat and dairy. So that's, I think it's funny because a lot of times people think that changing your diet to a plant-based diet is more expensive, but it's actually less expensive. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, I, I didn't self-identify as plant-based at all. And in fact, I, I lived, had lived in Boulder, Colorado for eight years and I had had some like, negative interactions with vegans. And so whenever I heard the word vegan, like, I, I didn't want to be like that. So whenever I was at this mountain bike race in Vancouver, it was my first time racing in Canada. Um, I met this guy and we ended up hanging out a little bit and having dinner together. And I noticed it was a seven day race. And I noticed that he was eating these like massive plates of food. It just looked like beans and vegetables and grains. And it just looked like this massive pile of food. And I, I asked him like, what, what are you eating? And he's like, oh yeah, like I eat, I eat a vegan diet. So my initial reaction was, oh no, like I don't want to, I don't want to really like be vegan or uh, like. And I think a lot of times people hear hear words, they hear labels, in in with food and with other things in our lives. Like the uh, the word can be something that can be limiting for somebody. So I, I asked him why he was eating that way, and he told me that he watched this documentary called Forks Over Knives, and this was back in 2012. Um, and he said that eating that way could prevent cancer and heart disease and high blood pressure and all of these things that I thought were just luck of the draw or genetic. And I, I'm a person who's like very like vibrant with life. I love living. I want to live as long as I possibly can. I want to be as healthy as I can. So learning that I could take control of my health for long term was really empowering. So I decided that I would go home. And I, it took me a little while to watch this documentary because I was afraid to change my diet because as an athlete, I didn't want to all of a sudden become weak. And that was my concern because I didn't know much about it. But I watched this documentary and I thought, if this is true, then this is crazy that people are, are eating meat and dairy. So I need to try this and just see how it goes. And I think if, if you're trying to change your diet, like giving yourself permission to just explore, and it doesn't mean that you can't go back, but just say, I'm just gonna try this and see how I feel. And if I feel better, I'm gonna keep going. And if I don't feel good, I'll just go back to what I was doing. 
So that's what I did. And I wasn't like an overnight sensation with going plant-based or going vegan. Um, some people need the black and white, they need the all or none. But for me, as an athlete, I changed my diet mid-season. So I wanted to slowly trickle it in and see what would happen. So how I did it is I said, okay, so for two meals a day, I'm going to eat plant-based. And for the rest of the food I'm going to eat for the day, one or two more meals, I'm going to eat whatever I was eating before. And what happened was, was that my palate started to change and I wanted to eat the whole food plant-based options. And I didn't want to eat the meat and the dairy and the other things that had been in my diet. So over, I would say it took about three months, but after about three months, I just simply didn't want to eat animal products anymore. And that was like almost seven years ago. Wow. So, okay. So when you, I want to go back, cause I know that so many people they're exposed to things like, you know, the hippie vegan or the person, the animal activist, or they're, you know, exposed to that health nut, um, you know, vegetarian or plant-based eater. And I mean, lot, or the environmentalist, and then you have the environmentalist as well. We can't forget them. Um, what I think is awesome, what's happening right now in this day and age, and especially with Game Changers, I hope it comes out soon, um, but Game Changers is the documentary where, you know, all these athletes basically are switching to a vegan or plant-based whole food diet, and they're able to be this ultra athlete. So at the time when you heard about this and you just decide, you just decided to jump in and try it, um, now, what was the kind of, were you getting any flack from your coaches and trainers and what were they saying at the time? Because I, I was playing tennis in university in the States and we used to go to Wendy's before like a four day tennis match. And so our coach had no, there was no relationship between academic performance and diet clearly. Like it would be like who could suck back the, like whatever, <laughs> the, what is it? The cold, like slushy thing at, you know, which is just full of junk and crap. Um, so what was that like for you? That's a great question. And, you know, as an endurance athlete, it's a pretty solitary sport. So you don't have like a lot of people watching what you're eating, unless you tell them what you're eating. Mm-hmm. At races and stuff, people can watch you and kind of see what you're eating. Like I mentioned when I met Matt, who, who I will, I forgot to mention, I ended up marrying that guy. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the guy that, like, yeah, yeah, we've been married. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, big game changer in my life in many ways. But um, the funny thing is, I didn't tell anybody that I changed my diet. In fact, I ate that way. I didn't tell anyone until like two or three years ago, because I was so afraid, and and I mean, this is just insecurity, right? I was afraid of what people would think about me, and I was afraid that people would think that I was judging them, and I I just didn't want there to be, I didn't want people to view me differently, and I I just didn't want people to be afraid to eat meat in front of me, because even now, like, if I eat with people, and they're having, like, fish or a burger or whatever, I don't want them to think that I'm just looking at them and thinking, you know, like, you shouldn't be eating that. Like, everyone's on their journey, and the best way to lead is by example. So I was just really afraid to to talk about it. But then I realized that I was being completely inauthentic to something that I felt really strongly about and that I had to be brave and stand up for what I believed in. So I wrote this blog post and it was called that thing I never mentioned. And it was about my diet. And I was like really afraid whenever I press hit publish because all these people follow me. They're all like paying attention because And I think initially I didn't want to tell anybody because what if I was wrong? Like, what if all these different things that I was trying, like, what if I got unhealthy or what if like this whole like plant-based thing actually wasn't going to work out? And then I would be this like person that said the one thing and then did another. So 
I wanted to wait until I was ready. And everybody has to be, you know, ready on their own time. But the most amazing thing about that blog post and about me changing my diet is I have never once ever had somebody say something negative to me about it. It has only had positive impact. And the way that I promote eating this way, I, I say like, if you want to go 100%, go 100%. That's going to be ideal. But if you want to go 70%, that's also going to give you a lot of health benefits. It's going to be better for the environment and for the animals as well. So if you just want to make incremental changes and then do it on your own time and just get to where it's best for you, then do that. And it's just amazing the stories people have told me about them changing their diet and just how much better they feel or like some of the health. It's like some people have like diseases, even mm -hmm. like elite athletes can have diseases like autoimmune diseases. You can still be an elite athlete and have high blood pressure and people changing their diet. were able to reverse these things. So being able to be a person that people can bounce their ideas off of, or just to see like, Hey, like she eats that way and she's still kicking butt. Like I can do that too. Um, so that's been a really huge gift to be able to do that. And I'm so, so happy that I told everybody about it and I just wish I had done it sooner. That's amazing. And you know, what's most important is that you're just doing it now and sharing that information. And I mean, I can completely relate to that because I've had so many people say, I'd invite you for dinner, but I don't know what to cook. And I'll be like, you can cook me potatoes and carrots and beets. And like, there's a hundred things that you can make. And, you know, sometimes, and it's always so shocking to me that people like it, they struggle with it to question like, what does a vegetarian eat? And what does a vegan eat? You know, if they don't eat meat, then what is there to eat? So tell us about what your meals look like as an endurance athlete. And I want to know like the mix of ingredients and also the quantities that you're eating. Cause that's another thing I've had people say, Oh, I can never do that. Cause I have to eat 24 seven. And I was like, well, not really. I mean, humans have eaten this way pretty much the entire existence that they've been on the planet minus the last couple hundred years. So like, number one, I love eating and the fact that you get to eat more is awesome. <laughs> you mean I get to eat as much as I want pretty much? Like, that's pretty cool. But most of my meals are pretty simple. So for breakfast every day, I have still cut oats with hemp hearts, a little bit of maple syrup, berries, and ground flax. And I love that. I look forward to that. Whenever I'm traveling, you can often find that at a Whole Foods or you can go to Starbucks and get the oatmeal there as well. I love oatmeal. But if you don't love oatmeal, there's lots of other options that you can get. Just Google like plant-based breakfast. You can have breakfast burritos, you can have waffles, you can have pancakes. Exactly. I mean, there's just, the sky's the limit. So that's what I eat every day. And on the weekend, sometimes we make pancakes. So that's nice. Um, I have multiple pieces of fruit every day. And then for my pre-ride snack, I have two pieces of sprouted whole wheat bread with almond butter. Um, I love that. It fuels me great for my ride. Then post-ride or post-exercise, like, because people always want to know what you eat before and after. Exactly. How are you going to recover? That's yeah. what people want to know. <laughs> like, people always want to have this, like, magic recovery powder, and, and people are perplexed by the fact that I actually don't really do recovery powder. If you can't have access to food um, after a workout, the recovery powder is awesome. But the best thing you can do is eat the real food. So I just eat a meal whenever I'm done. Um, sometimes when I'm at stage races, there's not food available. So I will have a recovery powder or I'll have like an, another almond butter sandwich waiting. But like today I came in and I had leftover tofu scramble and some rice and I put some hot sauce on it and it was amazing. And 
like for dinner tonight, um, I'm having actually some of the podcast listeners might know Brenda Davis. She's a great friend of mine and she's this amazing dietitian. You should pick up her book, Becoming Vegan, because it's like the encyclopedia for anyone who wants to be um, in the plant-based world. But tonight I'm making, um, I actually just released my, my first digital cookbook and it's out of my cookbook. Um, and it's uh, an Asian noodle bowl. So it's like buckwheat noodles, buckwheat soba noodles with shiitake mushrooms and smoked tofu and sugar snap peas and sprouts. Mm. Like, so basically, if you want to make a meal that's plant-based, you have a whole grain and then find a bunch of vegetables that you like and then pick a sauce and make your own sauce. And, you know, there's people that are for oil. There's people that are against oil. I try and limit oil. So like you can make awesome sauces that have lemon or tamari or peanut butter or um, I don't know, but there's just so many great foods that you can eat and just your relationship with food changes and your relationship with your body changes because sometimes like we just look at our health as am I skinny or am I fat and the food either makes me skinny or it makes me fat, but that's actually a really limited way of looking at food. So like we can also look at food as being the enemy. Like some people will say like, they say, oh, it's a guilty pleasure eating a cookie. But like, I don't like using the word guilt with food. So eat foods that nourish your body and that make you feel good. And you'll, you'll get the feedback. Like if you eat this beautiful meal that's really healthy, you don't feel that like uncomfortably full feeling. You don't feel bloated. You don't feel sick. And I think that if you've never just eaten plant-based, then you don't realize like, yeah, like sometimes when you're eating these meals, you actually feel that way but you don't know what it's like to feel differently. Exactly, and so, I mean, that's the thing that I love about what I do because I work with people who have the diseases and they want to reverse them. And so um, a lot of times, you know, and I get it, they're stressed and, and you know, they're contemplating like the surgery, the drugs, the, you know, having to quit their job because they can't work because they're not feeling well. So many things. And I get a lot of athletes too that come to me um, that have autoimmune disorders. Like they just ran their body into the ground for so long and not nourish themselves. And so their bodies are depleted. And of course, these autoimmune disorders and other illnesses show up even these beautiful skinny, like muscular, um, you know, athletes that they look amazing on the outside, but inside their body parts are not working well. So when you made the switch and you were feeling good, um, so I imagine that your endurance totally went down and you weren't able to keep up with the rest of your, your competitors out there. Hey. Yeah. I withered away and basically just crawled into a hole. No, <laughs> a, a very awesome, unexpected side effect happened. I got faster and it was amazing just to see. I, I didn't change my training. I didn't change anything except for my diet. And I went from trying to get on the podium, trying to be like third place to winning almost every race that I entered. And that was a massive game changer. And if you think about it, it makes complete sense because whenever you're eating a whole foods plant-based diet, you're eating anti-inflammatory foods. So whenever you exercise, what you're doing is to get stronger, you have to create inflammation. You have to stress your muscles. You have to stress your respiratory system, your cardiac system, as an endurance athlete especially. So your body needs to recover from those efforts. But if your body is also trying to recover from the foods that you're eating, it's going to be a lot harder for it to recover from your workouts. So whenever you can recover better, you can train harder, you can feel better on those workouts, and you also improve your blood flow. So you're actually reducing any plaque in your arteries. And there's all these studies, I, I'm sure you guys have talked about this on the show, that show that even kids are having early stages of heart disease and plaque in their arteries. 
So imagine this artery not working very well because it's like hard and then you reverse it and now you can have better blood flow. Like you get better blood flow to all of your muscles and to your brain, which makes amazing difference in your life with clarity and purpose. And lastly, you know, people, it's funny in the endurance world, people are like, yeah, like drink your beet juice or I'm drinking pomegranate juice or cherry juice because it has polyphenols and it's nitrate rich, which is great. But if you're eating a whole foods plant-based diet, like you don't need to do these little hacks because you're already eating that way every single day. So you don't have to like preload with nitrates before your event. You're already optimized and you're already like at maximum performance all the time. Yeah, I love that. Um, and you touched on it earlier too, that just like grab the foods and eat the foods that you love. And that's the beauty about a plant-based, you know, whole food diet is that there's, you know, 70, I say this in every podcast, 77,000 different edible plants on the planet. So it's not like we're going to get bored. You know, you can diversify and you can get an abundance of um, different nutrients from different sources. So you must get asked this question all the time because I know it's the number one question I get asked. And sometimes I'm like, I'm so bored of talking about it. But where do you get your protein from? Yeah, there's protein in everything that we eat. I mean, like whole grains have it. I eat lots of beans. I eat lots of tofu and tempeh. It's in vegetables. It's funny because most people actually are getting enough protein if you're getting enough calories. And as an athlete, that's one of the biggest issues is that people will change their diet and then they'll feel tired. And then they'll think it's because they're not getting enough protein because yeah, like I admit there's been times where I'm like tired and it's like, I second guess myself or I'll second guess like what I'm eating. And I go back to the facts and it's like, no, it's just cause I didn't eat enough because you, if you let too much time go in between meals and then you try and go exercise, like you're not going to feel good. <laughs> so yeah. And if you want to supplement with protein, you want to add in like add in like hemp, like hemp hearts, or you could add in protein powders if you want, but I have found that I actually don't need to do that. And I get enough protein. Um, I think also that our society thinks that we need more protein than we actually need as an endurance athlete. This is from Brenda's book. Actually, you need 1.2 to 1.6 grams per kilograms of body weight. And that's actually not that much if you're eating a whole foods diet. So my suggestion would be to the listeners is if you're worried, if you're not getting enough protein, do like a one to two week food diary and you can track all of your macros. You can use stuff like MyFitnessPal or whatever. And I actually did that just because I wanted to see. And I also wanted to see like what percentage my mac all my other macros were because I just don't track that on a daily basis. And it turned out that it was totally fine. So yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I teach the science of protein and how we actually eat amino acids and then our bodies will take that amino acid and convert it into proteins into, in the body. And, um, I love that, you know, what you experience naturally, and then you decided to do a little data collection on yourself, which I think is very cool. People should do that. And then they can get a true response to, um, you know, so they're, because I've had lots of people say, Oh, I went back to eating meat because I was tired and I needed more protein. And my question to ask or, or to pose to people when they say things like that is that, is it true? And if it's true, then prove it. And you did exactly that. You decided to, you know, count your macros. So when um, Sonia is talking about macros, she's talking about the macronutrients. So it's your fats, it's your protein, it's your carbohydrates and your sugars and to see how much are you really taking in. So I love that you did that. That, I mean, speaks to the academic in you and maybe 
people might not think that they're all academic out there, but you can be like, it's a really simple thing that you could do. And there's so many charts online that you can just plug in the food that you're eating and it'll spit out the information. So I encourage everybody to do that. Now, um, I have a question for you about research. So being an academic, when you first met Matt and you know, you looked at the food that this guy was eating and I'm assuming you probably thought he was a good looking guy too. And you know, there was an ex some extra motivation there and <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that guy's cute. Maybe I could try it out for a while. Um, but did you um, dive into like a ton of research and overwhelm, you're, overwhelm yourself with research, which is what so many people do, or did you just, you know, um, give it a try? Like what was that process like for you? Yeah, because I, I think this is an awesome question because for the people that are the questioning skeptic type, um, I'm definitely a questioner. I my background's in, in electrical engineering. Like I love looking, I love doing my own research. But a lot of times um, we don't make decisions because there's just so much data out there and you don't know what to trust and what to believe. So you have to like pick something and try. But I always look like I love Dr. Greger's nutritionfacts.org. That was really helpful. And also just listening like what are stories that other people have had where they've been able to optimize their health and reverse disease with this diet so that was really powerful for me so I, I did my I did a lot of reading I did my own research um, I also listened to other people's stories and I just made a decision and making a decision can be hard sometimes especially if you are a questioner and you want to always be like looking at every single piece of data before you can actually do something yeah, it is definitely overwhelming for so many people. I mean, right now we have everybody drinking the celery juice and, um, you know, with the therapy we teach, it's all about lowering your sodium and um, getting more magnesium and potassium in your diet, which is really important for athletes. And I remember years ago, um, probably about 10 years ago now, where we saw the switch in actually the types of salts they were putting into these recovery drinks for athletes and the gels for athletes, and they switched from sodium to um, potassium and from calcium to magnesium um, because they noticed that we got that wrong um, in which salts the body needed more of. And so it is tough for people out there. But so it brings me to my next question because I get asked this all the time and I'm so excited to be able to ask you. And so people can hear it from another source um, can, so I, and you know, for some of you listeners out there who know exactly what you what we do, you might think that this is, um, you know, an interesting question, but in my experience, there's no bad question. It's really an opportunity for everybody to learn. So is it safe to eat so many vegetables? Yes. Um, I would say that initially if you're changing your diet, sometimes people have like a lot of gas or they have like, they don't feel they get bloating or whatever, but like your body is also going to be detoxing itself. A lot of times people do a detox diet and their detox diet is actually a plant-based diet. So um, it's natural to have some issues at first, but your gut flora also changes. So like if you're, if you're not used to eating beans and you're eating beans, your, your bacteria in your gut is like, whoa, what's happening here? And it just takes a little bit to switch and for the right bacteria to grow, to like breed and grow more. Another issue is that people don't often chew their food. And I had this great uh, nutritionist, Matt, or dietitian, Matt Resignal on my show and it was a really awesome moment when he said, you know what, like a lot of times we just swallow our food too fast without chewing. And there's like these sprouted lentils that I love and I would just get the worst, just like pain after eating them. And it's because I wasn't chewing them. So I actually started chewing them properly and all of that discomfort went away. So no, like it's not unsafe to eat a lot of different fruits and vegetables. It is unsafe to eat a lot of highly processed foods. So yeah. And that, that um, brings us to a really good point then. So 
when we're talking about the plant-based whole food lifestyle that you know you're on that my family's on that we promoted the green mustache um for us you know i know what it means but i'd like for you to explain to our listeners what plant-based whole food means from the perspective of refined and unrefined because i know there's a lot of confusion about that yeah so like you're trying to eat food in the least processed version that you can possibly get it so like you're going to eat, like I do eat bread, but like instead of bread, it's better to eat brown rice or quinoa or farro or, you know, the whole grain itself. Um, instead of having stuff that's like blended together, it's better to just get the individual like fruits and vegetables and like nuts. It's better to eat just nuts instead of like stuff that's all blended in. Um, but there are times where it's, it's convenience. So like I eat almond butter instead of almonds. I eat tofu instead of adamami beans. And so like you could point it and say, well, you're not truly eating a whole foods plant-based diet because you're eating some processed foods, but doing the best you can to eat the whole version of any food you can is going to be way healthier. An example of something unhealthy would be like white bread with like a pat, like a veggie patty you buy at the store. And you know, if that's going to help you change your diet and transition, then go for it. But it, it, it's just having the awareness around, okay, is it better to eat like beans that I've made or is it better to go buy this bean patty at the store that's like in a package? So like if it's in a package, chances are it's probably not as good for you. So just go, go to the produce aisle and go to the, the bins at the grocery store and eat primarily out of there. Yeah, I love that. And do you spend a, time, a lot of time, because I know athletes and a lot of these endurance athletes, like the ultra runners as well, I mean, they talk a lot about having a food coach and somebody who counts not just their macronutrients, but their micronutrients. And how much time do you spend in a day counting all of the micronutrients and macronutrients to make sure you have an optimal diet? Uh, to be honest, I don't count it at all. And I never really have except for that two week period. Um, if you're, but again, if you're having issues, you need to be doing that. But yeah, I don't know for me, it just, if I follow the plan of having a whole grain, adding in fruits and vegetables, have make sure there's nuts in my diet as well. Cause sometimes whenever you're eating a lot of, um, vegetables, it helps you to absorb more, absorb more of the nutrients. If you add a healthy fat into the mix. So as long as I follow that prescription, I don't have any issues. And there's a really cool program called Inside Tracker, and they do this really involved blood test. And their primary clients are athletes, but anybody can do it, and they do it in the U.S. and in Canada. But what they do is they take all, a look at all of your biomarkers, like C-reactive protein, vitamin D, B12, cortisol, like the whole gamut of everything. And they say, okay, is this optimal or not? And then the really cool thing is they recommend food to help you improve each individual biomarker. So they have it for non-plant-based, but they also, if you say I eat plant-based, they have an entire section that only recommends plant-based foods for you to eat. So I've been doing this test pretty regularly. Like in 2017, I did it four times. Last year, I didn't do it at all, but this year I did, I did, I just did one. And I actually did it coming back from that race I was just talking about, 35 hours of racing, 10 hour time change jet lag landed the next day I did the test just because I wanted to see what my body looked like at its worst. Mm -hmm. And it still was, I still didn't have any issues. And inside tracker told me of the thousands and thousands of athletes they've tested, my blood work was the best that they have ever seen. So that is a true testament to eating a whole foods plant-based diet that they've compared me against everybody else doing everything that people are doing. 
But that's not to say that if you eat whole foods plant-based, it's going to be that way because you can be deficient in vitamin D, you can be deficient in B12, you can be deficient in iron, but it's taking your health into your own hands. And just, if you feel off, go get a blood test and just see how things are going. And you can supplement to change your diet to, because everybody's absorption is different of all these different nutrients. Yeah, that's a really good point. And is Inside Tracker, is it a swab test or is it a blood test or urine or what is it? Uh, it's a blood test. Oh, it is. Okay, that's great. I just had a DNA test done um, okay. called from DNA Power, and it looks at very similar things, but it looks at from your genetic ability to be able to process all of those different things, like whether it's your B12 and carbohydrates and fats and sugars and proteins and caffeine and absolutely everything. And what was really fascinating about it is that it didn't tell me anything that I actually didn't already know from just experiencing it. Like I know, you know, if I have a cup of coffee to me, it always tastes acidic. I've never been able to get over the, um, you know, and I do have a cup of coffee like every morning, but it's usually to get me through. Um, and you know, when I'm really busy and not taking the time to sit down and chew my food slowly and, you yeah. know, and for example, it's like two thirty nine, and I just finished my breakfast this morning, which I do not advocate. It's like a true fasting lifestyle I lead, I think, which is not great. Um, and But it was really cool, this DNA test. So again, it's just data that provides you with information. And it also told me things that, you know, I knew I processed B12 really, really well. Like I feel good with it, without it. Um, and there was a few other things. So I think that getting these tests are just, you can be the scientist with your own body and you can learn so much and you can see if your intuition was right. Um, and you can also see if the things that you think are you know, is your intuition like your craving? So people talk about cravings all the time and my body craves that. So I should go ahead and eat it. Um, and it'll actually test to see if that's correct as well. So for you, do you have, um, any cravings, um, being on a plant-based whole food diet and what are those cravings like and how do you uh, manage them? If you, have um, I would say that if I have cravings, I crave alcohol. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Like if I'm being totally honest, like I love, I love wine. I love beer. So I have to definitely pay attention to that. And it's like, yeah, like I do crave that. It, alcohol is an addictive substance. Mm -hmm. um, I also will crave sweet things. And it's interesting because I crave sweet things and my husband will crave salty things. So instead of going for like, I occasionally do have chocolate, but if I'm craving a sweet thing, what I, what I do is now I go and I get dates and I'll just put a little bit of almond butter or just I'll put a walnut in it and I'll just eat that. And a lot of times that soothes the craving. And another thing is if you're craving junk food, um, it's probably because you ate some junk food. Like if you're, if you eliminate all that completely out of your diet, like I'm not hundred percent perfect. And I think it's really important to say that most people are not perfect. Like they make, they, they eat, like they'll eat a processed food if they're in a pinch or they'll drink a glass of wine or like whatever. But it's striving to be your best and striving to be better every day, not striving to be perfect. So like if you're craving junk food, it's like, well, you probably had some French fries recently and your brain is like, ooh, chemicals. I want it. I want that. I want that combination of salt and fat. So um, something that's been really helpful for me whenever I have a craving, especially for something that's unhealthy, is to say, okay, I'm, I'm allowed to eat that unhealthy thing if I want it. But first, I'm going to eat something really healthy. And if I still want the thing, I can have it. And like 99% of the time, I don't want the, the unhealthy thing anymore after I've eaten the healthy thing. Another thing I crave is leafy greens. And it sounds really crazy. I like, do too. <laughs> like when I'm traveling to third world countries and stuff, you have to be careful with the water. And I eat less fresh fruits and vegetables because I just don't know where it's been. 
So it's, I come home, I'm like, oh my God, I just want leafy greens. <laughs> yeah, I can completely relate to that as well. I mean, I, since I was four years old, like with my earliest memories of sitting at the table, I would just devour a whole entire salad. And I thought, you know, there must've been something really crazy about me as a kid because a lot of kids don't have that palate or I learned that growing up. Most kids are like, what are you eating salad for? And then um, I saw with my girls, especially my middle daughter, she would, if she hear, heard the crunch of, salad in my mouth she'd come like pitter pattering from wherever she was and she'd grab my fork and shove the salad into her mouth like when she was one but it's really cool but you do have to develop that um almost the addiction to it the acceptance of the textures and the flavors and the nutrients and your brain lights up when it gets it and when you develop that in yourself and in your kids and your family and your friends you know that their brains are going to turn on to it and we do have to cut that addiction to the to the intense chemicals that are in the processed refined food so i love that you brought that up so let's talk about traveling because um again that's another question that i get from my clients is like what do i do when I travel, like I won't be able to eat this way. So what do you do when you're traveling around the world doing these races? Um, how do you get the foods that you need? So it just takes a little bit of advanced planning. So number one, um, apps are your friend. Happy Cow app is good, but also I found that like Yelp, Google Maps, if you just like type in like vegan into Google Maps, it'll show you all these places that have vegan food available. Um, I typically, well, the first stop is I go to a grocery store and I buy a bunch of stuff. So. Um, my first stop in South Africa, I, for, I got into the car driving on the wrong side of the road and drove to the grocery store and I just bought a bunch of whole foods, whole food plant-based items. And it was weird because it was hard to find cans of beans and I couldn't find any tofu or tempeh or anything like that. So it was a bit more labor intensive, but I had like dry beans and I just cooked, I just cooked them and it's, it sounds crazy, but I just, I'm. I don't know, maybe I'm lazy, but I just go for canned beans that have no sodium added and I eat that because it's just quicker. Um, but like you plan, just plan your meals out. So like pre-race, I had to like, I, I made sure I had an Airbnb with a kitchen and I just made like really simple foods. Like, like you could do like quinoa, rice, beans, salsa, avocado, done. Like you could eat that over and over. Um, I, so just plan ahead. And then another thing is like a lot of times if you go to an event, they'll cater to vegans. Um, so that that's like 90% of the time that's there. But there's also races or events or when you're traveling, maybe you just don't have time to be searching out for vegan options is bring a rice cooker. Like you can go to Target, you can buy like a small rice cooker for like 15 bucks. It has its own like steaming tray as well. And I've cooked my own food at races using the rice cooker in hotel rooms. So like put the rice in or the grain or whatever it is, put like broccoli or the veggie or like whatever you want on top, put the lid on, press start, go do something, come back and you have a meal that's ready for you. It's like so easy and you, it's cheap and like you don't even have to go anywhere. You can just do it in your hotel room. Yeah, I love that. And never even thought about the rice cooker. I'm usually like, bring your Vitamix and you can, you know, there's lots of different things. I mean, you tend to be eating more raw, you know, or for my clients, because they do have to juice, they have to get those additional nutrients that they just mm -hmm. cannot get through. They would never be able to chew the same volume of food in a day to be able to get the additional nutrients needed to rebuild their body. Um, so juicing is a big part of it. So um, with traveling then, and when you eat this way, you've been able to keep up with your races, even when you've had to, you know, switch the types of ingredients that you're using and um, it hasn't been a problem for you. Or have you ever been stuck before? Um, yeah, like it doesn't happen very often.
often and it's not ideal, you're like, oh great, I'm just eating white rice or whatever. But I also travel with almond butter. I always bring it with me because you're always gonna be able to find bread. So like for pre-race, my, my pre-race meal without fail is just like bread and almond butter and it always is. So like no matter where you are in the world, you're gonna be able to find bread. You can't always find nut butters. So like just having a few key things that you like with you, like you could bring dried fruit with you anywhere you want. Um, or you could dry your own fruit and bring it with you. So yeah, like just the advanced planning and just realizing, yeah, you can take food with you. And then for like the airplane, um, you can bring food through security. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Um, I always have like, like I have my, my backpack and then my personal item is usually like a cloth grocery bag with all this food I've made because I want to have my own food. I love that. It's, it reminds me so much of Neil Bernard as well, because some people say, well, you shouldn't take it so seriously and you got to be lax sometimes and you know, you got to give yourself a break. But he's like, Neil, Dr. Neil Bernard is like, no, like, why would I do that? I value my body. I value, you know, the nutrients that I give it. Um, I value my health. And so I'm not going to compromise. So he doesn't eat the airplane food and he doesn't eat the, um, you know, food on the fly. So he'll just choose to not eat um, versus, you know, eating something if he hasn't made something first. But yeah, he travels with his food as well. And so we can go that extra mile and um, definitely plan ahead, which does take planning, of course. Um, but what's been your biggest motivation then to um, stick with this? Like, has it just become a lifestyle for you? Or, um, you know, it started off with something that you were just going to try temporarily, and now you've been doing it for seven years. And, you know, what is your motivation behind, you know, plant-based, besides the fact that it also has made you, like, number one on the podium over and over again? It's just the health. I mean, it's funny, because I, I, that was a really good question you asked because I never really thought about it of, oh, how do I stay motivated? Because like, it doesn't take any motivation. It's just like, it's my life. It's who I am. It's what I do. It's what I eat. Um, I don't want to eat the other stuff because I know and I'm 100% confident that this is the best diet for me. This is the best diet for longevity and for health and for performance. And this is just what I do. So I don't know. Um, I would say if you're struggling to stay motivated, find people that are motivating to you or inspiring to you. There's like this podcast, there's like tons and tons and tons of podcasts and inspiring individuals out there that you can plug into. Um, I have a free Facebook group called Plant Powered Tribe. Like there's like 1500 plus members there. And it's like, when I started it, I was a little bit worried because I was worried I'd have to be posting all the time, but like I barely post. It's just a place where people can keep inspiring and motivating each other. So just like surround yourself with people that and it doesn't even have to be diet, like whatever you're trying to stay motivated in, surround yourself with reading or audio or video or just going and being with community that can really help keep you on track. Yeah, I like that. And really, it's a lifestyle. And when it's something as a lifestyle, it's just what you do day in and day out. And you don't need to um, necessarily question it anymore. And, you know, question it for sure if you notice that there's something changed um, in your body. But, you know, again, like you said, you can go back to the test and figure out, you know, is this true? Is it truly from the diet or is it from something else like a lack of sleep and, um, you know, <laughs> not? And so with you, so I know for a lot of my clients, when they switch to a plant-based diet, they sleep so well. Like they just, they can sleep really well at night. They, um, you know, their cortisol levels are regulated a lot better and their adrenaline levels are regulated a lot better. They get lots of magnesium in their body, which helps to regulate that. Um, how is your sleep pattern? My, my sleep is, is great. Um, 
as an ultra endurance athlete, like sometimes the sleep is disturbed by jet lag or if you're training really hard, sometimes you don't sleep as well just because your body is so amped up. But generally, like I don't have any issues with sleep. I generally sleep through the night. Um, I generally fall asleep quickly. I generally wake up feeling rested unless, and I mean, this is a good point to say that eating a whole foods plant-based diet is not a magic bullet for every other lifestyle pitfall that you might be doing. So last year, I definitely struggled from burnout. Like I was working cause I had the energy to, I was working seven days a week, like including, but including my training, like 14 hours a day. Like it was like full on and it's, it was like passion on overdrive and into burnout. So like I stopped feeling good. I was tired all the time. I didn't feel good on my bike. I, I was, I felt malaise. Um, I wasn't sleeping as well. I had low, like my cortisol actually tanked um, because whenever you get extremely burnt out, you can't get your cortisol levels up anymore. So, you know, the plant-based diet's not a magic bullet. You have to take control of your life and have a more balanced, healthy lifestyle in all other places. So just being aware of that is something for me that's been really powerful. But it's hard to change your habits whenever you're kind of like a type A pusher where you just like have, you, and you get excited about everything and you just want to do everything. Um, and I also think that in some ways the plant-based diet can fuel you so, because you have so much energy that you just like go in overdrive mode. Yeah, I can relate to that as well. And um, next week we have another woman who's on the podcast and she talks about that exactly, the burnout. She had started several restaurants and they were all plant-based whole food restaurants, but the same thing, like she was just so passionate and energized and eventually just, you know, your, your body is this beautiful, you know, physical vessel that's there to support you. But at the end of the day, um, if you just keep running it hard and running it hard, I mean, no matter how much food you have, there's going to be a point where it's just like, you know what, that's too much. So what did you do then to recover from the burnout? Uh, I did less. So I was traveling almost every week and I just had, uh, have the courage to do less. So I said, okay, I'm going to not travel for a month. I'm going to work like half of what I was doing. And it's still hard. Like there's all these things that I want to do and I, I just want to do it now. And it's just saying like, there's plenty of time to do it all. And knowing that what will happen if I try to do it all, all at once, it's not going to be good. So it takes a lot of, um, I don't know. I get anxious if I'm not like always working super hard. So just always working with that, always being aware of that. And then also I did some journaling to say what I made a list of everything that makes me happy and everything that makes me unhappy and what I have control over. And the solution every single time was slow down, like do less, travel less, do less, and figuring out where that drive comes from. Like, why are you trying to do more all the time? And for me, it's like, I just always want to prove that I'm enough. And to myself, to other people, and you mentioning, them, mentioning that in front of people is hard, but it's true. And I think that we all have some level of just wanting to feel like we're enough. And then um, in our society, like, everything is so about numbers like how many followers how many downloads how many readers like how much money and coming back to the reason why you do something it's not about the money it's not about the followers it's not about the downloads it's not about the race results but what is it about to you and coming back to that repeatedly is has been really helpful for me yeah i love that and it's uh, i just got sucked into the whole social media tracking recently when um we had a change in staff and so we've been in between staff on our social media front and i haven't done social media in like four years so i've been you know posting and writing and doing all those things and it was insane how 
and I read about this all the time, having three girls and the fact that they're getting to the age, you know, one's 14 where they can have a phone and, um, you know, or may have a phone. And, you know, we talk about them not having social media accounts yet until they're intellectually and emotionally and physically more developed. Um, so I read the statistics on this, especially for women, how the more time they spend on social media um, actually shows like higher depression rates and um, suicide rates. And, and it's scary, but I actually got sucked into that world. Um, you know, I post something and, you know, I'd be like, whatever, I just post it. I don't care how many followers, but of course you do. You care if there's like a hundred likes or a couple shares or whatever it is. And um, I had to really like check myself on that and say, like, why are you doing this? And you reminded me of um, something I just did re um, really uh, recently is it's called a um, positive intelligence quotient test that you can do online and it's free and it'll actually help you understand where that drive comes from um, and what the motivation is. Yeah, it's really, it's a great test. Um, we'll put it in the show notes for sure. Um, and then of course, once you do that, um, and you're meant to do the test multiple times over the course of a few months. So you just find out because, you know, one big negative event, let's say yesterday could influence what you mark down. So if you do it over the course of a few months, it actually balances it out um, to show you, like, are you generally somebody who has a, you know, positive intelligence or a negative intelligence? And they're not, you know, positive or negative, right or wrong, but it just sort of shows you where your mindset is. But you can take the test further and there's a saboteur um, test that you do with it, which is very cool because it shows you um, what's driving you. And of course, mine was a people pleaser, um, it, you know, which you just spoke to as well. And once you recognize that, then you can ask that question, like, why am I always trying to do that? And, and what would be something to balance it out and mitigate that? So you're not always having to go, 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 go and push yourself because I definitely, um, a few times in my life had hit like optimum burnout and that for me it was just doing nothing for an entire year to recover from it um and then recognizing that we have a we have enough time in this world like you know you eat a plant-based whole foods lifestyle like this you know you really can live to be in your hundreds and so you'll have plenty of time to to get it done and get it and get it all done so um you don't have children right now do you I have a fur baby. <laughs> you have a fur baby. Yeah, we got a puppy in October, and people are like, oh my God, like, how are you going to fit a puppy into your life? You're not going to have time for that. And I said, the point is, is that I make time for it. Like, we go for walks twice a day. And before that, it's like, I don't walk. I either ride my bike or I'm working, and that's it. Yeah. So now it's like, I get out in nature twice a day, and I go walking along the lake beach with my dog, and I spend more time playing and more time, like... And, and I want to do that. It's not like something I have to do. And I, I imagine that's what it's like with kids as well. Like you add this extra love into your life and yeah, it's challenging at times, but man, like it's a really, it adds a great dimension to your life that wasn't there before. And I just can't imagine without it now. Yeah, I agree. And same thing for us too. We have two fur babies in addition to the three kids. So it can get pretty wild and crazy, but it's always fun. And it's always, even at times when you're like, you know, pulling your hair out and my hair is all going gray, it's all wonderful and amazing. And um, I am so grateful uh, for the fact that I get to just go out and walk with the dogs because sometimes they don't want to ride a bike hard and they don't want to be running. And so just walking and slowing down, it is an amazing thing. Um, a lot of people, there's a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, but I definitely know of a few incredible people who got a dog and, you know, combined that with the plant-based diet and their health completely turned around. Um, so both are equally important. So do people ask you, um, 
come up to you ever and just say things like, well, I have kids and they can't eat this way that you're eating. And yeah, actually have- in my Facebook group, some people sometimes post like, how do you, how do you get your, like, or maybe their spouse doesn't want to do it. So then they have to cook two different meals. Um, I don't have a good answer to that just because I don't have the experience. Um, like I would want to say, this is what you're eating too bad, but that might not be the right answer. <laughs> And what do you say to them then um, when they do say that, like, well, I can't feed my kids that, or I have to cook two meals for my partner, or I have to cook two meals for my kids, you know, those sorts of things. I say, like, just make sure there's always good, healthy foods in the fridge. And then if they want to bring that other stuff into the house and make it themselves, you can empower them to do that. Like, you don't have to say, or like, you could say, this is how we eat at home. But if you want to eat whatever, when you're at a friend's house, like if there's a cake and it's not plant-based, like, and you're going to eat it, then fine. Um... I would say, yeah, just like try and just have the healthy things available for them. Um, but I wanted, I want to like put my foot down and just say, no, like don't make two meals. But I think it's up to the individual, like how your family works. Like for me, if it was me, I would just say, no, like I'm not making two meals. This is what there is. And if you want that other stuff, you're going to have to make it yourself. Yeah. I think that's a great answer. Well, I think it's a great answer because it's the answer that I give people. Oh. <laughs> Therefore, it's a great <laughs> You're right on track. No, it's exactly that because, um, and usually what I say to people too, especially because with the protocol that I teach my clients, all the same thing, unrefined, whole foods, plant-based, 100% organic diet. And, um, you know, they're doing the protocol because they have a chronic disease and they, you know, it's their life on the line. And so they have to do this therapy often for a minimum of like nine months, but to about a year and a half. And then of course they ask me the questions like, well, how long do I stay on this for afterwards? And you really, it's like, can kind of just stay on it for life, but I get it that, um, you know, they kind of want to have a start point and an end point. And of course, once they start, they realize that it is truly a lifestyle, but they still will ask like, what, um, you know, what do I feed my partner? What do I feed our friends when they come over? And my answer is exactly what you said. You know, I just feed your, feed them the same thing. It's, it's an amazingly well-balanced, um, nutritarian lifestyle. So just give your friends and family the nutrients that you would want to give yourself as well. Um, that's amazing. And how has it been? So, and your husband, it, Matt's um, vegan, plant-based? Yeah, so he, yeah, he's been doing it about a year longer than I have. And it's been really cool for him. So he runs a financial planning business um, in Kelowna. And for him, as an entrepreneur and a business person, when he changed his diet, he, and he's also an athlete, but from a business perspective, he said the mental clarity he got and the energy that he had to run his business was just amazing. And like, the times when people are like tired in the middle of the afternoon and they're not as productive, he's productive. So he said, man, like as an entrepreneur, this is an amazing diet because you're going to have so much more energy to be more efficient in your, in your work or you could overdo it like me, but don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's beyond the diet. It's beyond, that's just our personalities, right? And not knowing when to sort of, um, put book in. <laughs> Exactly. But, you know, so I get that. No, and I feel the same way as well, because people will often say, like, how do you do it all? And I was like, I'm pretty much, I do attribute it to the fact that every day there's nutrients going in and there's nothing bogging me down, you know, that my body has to deal with. So I can definitely see it from his standpoint. Um, Has he been able to influence um, people in his community, in the business community, in the business world? Yeah, actually his partner, um, his business partner wasn't eating plant-based, like couldn't even imagine eating plant-based. Um, and then they kind of started dabbling because they'd have us over and his wife is amazing and she wanted to experiment and cook plant-based for us. And then he had a, a minor health incident uh, that ended up being a false alarm, but that just having that false alarm and then knowing, oh, this diet over here 
that would actually make this not happen anymore. So they changed their diet and they've been eating that way for like four or five years. And like a ton of people in their office eat that way now. It's, it's just, it's leading by example again. And it's, it's not being judgmental. It's just saying like, this is what I'm doing. And if you want to try it, that's cool. Yeah, that is amazing. There's so, I mean, it's the greatest gift to be able to give to someone is to say, hey, like, you know, let me even support you as you make these changes. Give me a call, chat me with me if you ever have any doubts about anything and, um, or making a meal together is another thing as well. And I bet in the um, athletic world, how has that been for you and with how other athletes have perceived you and have you been able to, um, or have there been any changes as a result of people watching you do this? Yeah, I mean, I've literally gotten hundreds of messages from people who have changed their diet. And it's been like just so humbling and also a little bit scary to know that I can have that kind of influence. Um, but it's it's amazing to know that just like saying this is what I do and I feel good and then being able to give that gift like you mentioned to somebody where they just didn't know about it. Like most of most people just don't even know that this is the healthiest way to eat. And then seeing people make the change and then seeing the positive impact in their lives and then the trickle down effect of that is just, there's nothing like it. And also just from the environment standpoint, like the new David Attenborough series came out on Netflix and I heard something on CBC the other day of their primary reason for doing these documentaries is that people will realize like the earth is changing rapidly. And like even five years ago, some of the, the shots that they got, they can't get those anymore just because that, that animal life doesn't exist there anymore because of the environment. And the biggest thing you can do for the environment is eating a plant-based diet. Like that is so incredibly powerful and amazing because a lot of times I think we feel, oh, well, it's just a big global problem. And just what I do isn't going to make a difference. So who cares? But knowing that what you can, what you eat makes a difference is like crazy. It is really crazy because we make the decision to put food in our mouth three times a day, maybe even six times a day if we include like snacks and desserts or, you know, um, what, it, what have you. And so every single day you have the opportunity six times a day to make a choice that has a positive impact on the earth. Um, and we just had Dr. Um, Zach Bush on our podcast uh, two weeks ago or last week and you know, and when we eat that plant-based diet, number one, it requires that we nutrify the soil to be able to grow that, those foods for ourselves, for humans, as opposed to growing the food for the cows and the sheep and the, all the animals. And so we actually then have more than enough land on the planet to be able to grow food to feed humans and feed humans healthy healthy food so you know it's about restoring the microbiome as well like that's another decision you make when you choose a plant-based diet um, because you can't get the diversity of nutrients um, out of soil that's depleted because it's only been growing you know corn and grain and soy that we feed these animals um, so from the environmental side of things um, you know I know that you mentioned that for you you know you didn't really have to be motivated, like just the fact that you feel great on this lifestyle um, and eating a plant-based diet. But from an environmental standpoint, um, do you speak on that or do you speak, do you ever take a stance on one side to speak from? Or, you know, when people write to you and they're taking a stance from one side or the other, what do you have, what are your feelings about that? Um, I mean, most of the time when people are writing to me, it's they're definitely looking at the health and performance side of things, but I definitely am comfortable talking about the environmental side. Um, before I changed my diet, before I like became a pro like professional mountain biker, I was a solar engineer. So I was like really passionate about the environment. I rode my bike everywhere, um, you know, try to like take shorter showers, like those types of things, try to eat organic as much as possible. 
So it was really cool, especially I think Cowspiracy was really impactful as a documentary because even eating plant-based, I didn't realize how impactful my diet was because that's not where I came from. And people often change their diet for three reasons. It's animals, it's health, or the environment. And being aware, like what, I think you come in one way and then you actually start being aware of the other positive impacts you're having on the planet. And that's pretty cool to, to know that. Yeah, I definitely, um, yeah, I love that side of it is when really that's, it's not that you have to be one or the other or the third thing. It's that really you can be, you know, with the plant-based whole foods lifestyle, it's that you are, you're protecting the animals, you're protecting the environment, you're protecting your health. And so you get to do all three. So it's, you know, um, it's a really good bang for the buck for sure. Um, so you mentioned a, a lot of documentaries, you know, Cowspiracy, Forks Over Knives, I think you mentioned Brenda Davis's book, um, Becoming Vegan. Um, so we're going to include all of those in the show notes, which is great. Any other really good books that you're reading right now that are good documentaries that you watched recently that you want to share with others that have inspired you in the past or currently? Yeah, I love uh, Dr. Greger's book, How Not to Die. Um, that's a book I've referenced many, many times because I also speak about eating a plant-based diet, especially as an athlete. And I mean, there's just so much information in that book and his keynote speeches and his website, nutritionfacts.org. I mean, anytime I have any type of health issue or a friend has a health issue, I go to nutritionfacts.org, I type in the issue, and there's always videos showing foods that you can add into your diet to make it better. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. We're going to definitely put all those links so people can have access to them. What's your next race coming up? I'm actually leaving tomorrow, and I'm going to California. There's a big bike festival in Monterey, California, called the Sea Otter Classic. So for me, it's not the racing is kind of secondary because it's not really my distance. It's really short distance races. Um, but I get to do a talk. Um, one of my um, sponsors is Goo Energy Labs. And every year at this event, I do a talk on plant-based nutrition for athletes. So that's really cool that I get to do that. And just being able to like see people and plug into the community. As we were talking about being around your community is so important and how it is isolating sometimes to be uh, working at home and an endurance athlete. So I always love uh, going to events for that reason. Yeah, and I bet people are so excited to have you up there speaking about this from your personal experience and everything you can share. I imagine you're, I mean, you're very inspiring to me and I know that you're inspiring to all of those people, especially if they've never, you know, contemplated their diet in relationship to um, their ability to be strong in these races. I remember years and years ago when I first learned about a plant-based diet, I came across um, a blog from this woman who had run about 36 marathons at that point. And by doing nothing else, she didn't like change her training pattern. She didn't do anything. She didn't even change her shoes or her clothing. So you couldn't say it had anything to do with that. And she just switched to a vegan diet to prove to vegans mm -hmm. that you cannot run marathons on a plant-based diet or a vegan diet. And she knocked off one hour off her time. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I know. And I keep wanting to go back and find, I'm going to have to find that blog, but I mean, it was probably about 11 years ago. And it was just amazing because she thought, you know, she'd always been trying to shave off a couple minutes, right? Like when you're in doing these races, I yeah. mean, it really comes down to the seconds and minutes and yeah, knocked up one hour of her time. And it was just that. So of course she's like a, you know, a lifer now in the club. <laughs> I'll find out who she is. Cause she was actually, she hadn't even started racing until she was in her fifties um, when she did her first marathon. So I need to find out because I tell that story all the time and it's such a great story. Um, 
Sonia, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show. And um, one of the things that we have talked about in our side is putting together an event in Whistler because we have all of these athletes, you know, that are here in the Sea to Sky Corridor. I mean, it's the, um, yeah, um, you know, endurance capital of the world. They say the outdoor capital of the world. And, um, but we don't have an event here um, that's geared around um, plant-based eating and that lifestyle. I mean, we have so many different events. There's like a bunch of events in California and New York now in even Washington, DC. Um, there's a really great event on plant-based eating through the PCRM. Um, so it is an event that we'd love to have here and we'd love to get like Rich Roll up here talking about his um, experience being an ultra athlete and being a plant-based eater, whole foods eater, but definitely would love to get you on the stage as well. So we will let you know when that happens. We awesome. say yes. Uh, to doing that. Um, and yeah, for any listeners out there, how do they get a hold of you if they want to join your tribe that you've already created, ask you questions, get to know more about being a plant-based, whole foods, um, academic and biker and all of those wonderful things that you are? Yeah, just go to sonyalooney.com. Um, there's, there's an eat plants tab if you want to get my cookbook. It's a digital cookbook. Um, go to Facebook or Instagram. There's Plant Power Tribe on there. And if you just want to find me, I'm Sonia Looney One on Instagram. So I'm super responsive. So I read, I do all my own social media. I read every message. So if you want to reach out to me, I'd love to hear from you. That's awesome. Um, speaking about the, uh, the ebook, that's so fantastic that you created that. What are some other things that you have in the works for um, supporting people plant-based wise? Do you have any ideas of things you'd love to put together or resources that you think that the world needs? Uh, for now, I'm going to keep it with what I have simply just from a capacity standpoint. Um, it was actually quite a challenge to get that cookbook out and I just launched it like a few weeks ago. So I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it'd be really cool to have like plant-based cooking for athletes, like a cooking show. Uh, but there's just no way that there's room for that in my, uh, my repertoire right now. <laughs> so if somebody else wants to do that, that'd be really awesome. Okay, well, awesome. We might have to, the next time you are free and around, we might have to get you into our cafe and then you can um, actually demo some of the recipes that you would make for yourself. Um, you know, just the regular recipes that you're eating before, during, and after your races. Um, definitely. So we can maybe support that and make that um, happen. Yeah, for sure. That would be great. Thanks so much for being on the show and super excited to just follow you um, through your social media accounts, see all the races that you're doing and the talks that you're doing as well. Thanks for doing everything that you do. Thank you. And thanks for doing everything you do. And thanks to the listeners for being a part of our community. Exactly. Thanks everyone. We'll have the show notes up soon. This will be coming out in May. Um, and we'll be sure to share it with you, Sonia, and everybody else out there. Fantastic. Thanks. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed that show and learning about how Sonia went from always taking third on the podium in her endurance mountain biking races and went to taking first after she switched to a plant-based whole foods diet. So I hope that inspired you. If it did, please let us know or reach out to Sonia through her website as well at sonialooney.com. We'll have all the information in the show notes. Um, hire Sonia to speak at your next event, uh, specifically if it is uh, targeted at athletes, because I think once we get the athletes on board with plant-based eating, the rest of the world will follow because we're always inspired and motivated 
motivated by people who can move their bodies well, who can move their bodies fast. And really a lot of these athletes are, they are the leaders in this world, especially for the young kids that look up to them, whether it's in tennis or mountain biking or skiing or snowboarding or, you know, any climbing. I mean, any sport that's out there could be gymnastics when we hear that people are able to literally like tough it out through some of the hardest training, the hardest matches, and they're doing it without meat, they're doing it without refined food, then that becomes so inspiring that it really shows everybody that they can do it too. So check out her website, her podcast, Hire Her to Speak. Um, We hope to have Sonia on the show again because there's so much that we didn't get to cover as well. And for everyone who spent the time to listen to this podcast, thank you so much. Please share our show with your friends. Get your parents to listen to it. Get your family members of all sorts to listen to it because we know that we have one in four people in this world that are battling a chronic degenerative disease. One in two people will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime in the US and Canada and most of the Western worlds that are developed. I hate to use that word, but that... um, I think they're so progressive because they have things like processed refined food and big manufacturing plants that make our food for us versus having to hoe the fields, plow the fields, grow the food themselves. So a lot of these countries do suffer from the one in two rates of being diagnosed with cancer. I see it every single day through the dozens of people that contact us every single week to ask us about how they can use food as medicine, primarily when their doctors tell them that there's nothing more that they can do for them. It's either lose the organs, have the surgery, be on the meds for life, and of course, death is ultimately one of the symptoms that uh, and side effects that people do have to live with when they are battling these chronic diseases. And it doesn't have to be that way. I've worked with thousands of people and helped them reverse their chronic diseases, and you can do it as well. You just need to know the science behind the nature of disease. You need to know the art of using food as medicine. Once you put the two together, your body will become hyper-neutrified. Your immune system, endocrine system, reproductive system, all systems in your body will heal and be kick-started to then become the self-regenerating mechanism, organism, machine, whatever you want to call yourself, but you are designed to heal yourself. Every part of your body works vigilantly every single day to repair and heal itself. You just need to get out of its way, give it the right conditions to do so, and you can live a disease-free life as well. So if you don't believe me, check out Dan Bootner's work, The Blue Zones book and his TED Talks. It's fantastic. It really shows you that the communities that live to be over 100 disease-free, even in the Western world, um, they do it because they predominantly eat a plant-based whole foods lifestyle where they have exercise built into their day-to-day life. They don't have to go hit the gym, pound the pavement. It's just naturally movement is incorporated into their life. And of course, there's seven other factors that you should know about to help you adopt the lifestyle that's going to create the healthy vibrant family that you have always wanted so thanks for being with us stay tuned for the next show on the eat real to heal podcast i'm your host nicolette riche reach out to us at info at richerhealth.ca or info at greenmustache.com and we can answer any and all questions that you have bye-bye for now